Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. I am Andy Anatko of the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Russell Ivanovich from Pocket Casts. And I am simply Florence Ion of <laughs> the world. <laughs> which Whoa. is, more than, which wow. is more than enough. And this is Material Episode 107. First order of business, congr- thank, not, not, congratulations to us for being so lucky to have now Flo, not as a guest host, but as a regular part of the trio. I could not possibly <gasps> be more happy. And because I said that first, anything Russell says will seem as though he doesn't feel the same way that I do, and he just simply felt <laughs> guilted into saying something positive. Go ahead, Russell. Flo is the greatest human being I've ever met. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, my. Uh, In all seriousness, though, Flo, I meant that, by the way. Uh, welcome to Material <laughs> Podcast as a permanent host. Woo. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for asking me. This is very this is very awesome. I'm Whoop. very much – I have really been enjoying our conversations. Likewise. Also, yeah, ha-ha, you fell for it. <laughs> now, now you're part of the team and there's no leaving unless you get a job somewhere like Google. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> oh, no, Flo, thinking about that. I shouldn't have said that. Damn it. Don't lead off with that, Russell. I, I, I have to. I have to say, Flo, that I I would think slightly less of you if you considered Russell and I to be a stepping stone to larger and greater things. If nothing, we will pull you down. We will basically. <laughs> what, well, whatever, we still what, be in good company, okay? Exactly. So. Exactly. We 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 have been as as some of you on Twitter have noted. We do. We have been having a great time these past uh, few weeks. So I'm glad that we get to continue to have that great time as a trio uh, indefinitely. Um, now, speaking of fun, I, I do. I, I've, I keep meant, meaning to bring this up. Now we've, we've been talking about how Google Photos has been rolling out that feature where it will try to surface photos that maybe your friends would like to see as well, uh, and sort of recommend, hey, you know, all your friends here are in this picture too, and or other people who are at this party, do you want them to see it as well? Uh, and so uh, I saw this for the very first time in action a couple of weeks ago in my own Google Photos archive, and. <laughs> it's, like, have you ever had like a niece or nephew or a child that you can tell they really, really want to help? And the fact that they decided to like paint a piece of furniture with mommy's nail polish because it would look more pretty. It's like there, there, there are limits to how much you want to yell at the kid because you know that they had the right idea. Their intentions were right there. That's exactly how I felt about this feature because I see <laughs> this recommend these pictures of uh, I, I take a lot of pictures inside the Boston Public Library. Uh, it's a, a if you're ever in Boston, such a beautiful place with, filled with art, filled with sculptures, uh, filled with paintings, uh, just as part of the decoration. Uh, and it's also a good place for me to test out like new phones whenever I want to check out the cameras. And so it said, hey, I, I, I noticed that you were at the Boston Public Library with all of these people that are in so many of your other photos. Do you think they would like to see them as well? And I was like, I don't recognize these people. So I, I click on the little like, you know, uh, uh, the person icons and <laughs> – it was let's see the 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 face from the Venus de Medici the face from the yeah, you guys uh, from uh, a, a bronze a face from the bronze sculpture called Bacante and Infant Fawn basically every time I'd taken a picture of a piece of a sculpture of a human face it had thought that this was a person because it registers as like human face potential and it's a different so, wow they, do, you, do you know the Bacante Infant Fawn she was a, she was in the Boston Public Library too maybe she would <laughs> like to see it and I'm like I bet she would especially in her current form as a inert bronze sculpture <laughs> I, I would love to see her 
enjoy these pictures. I can't believe you didn't share the photo with her, Andy. That's just mean. I have exactly the same thing, except um, Google Photos has tagged, uh, tagged Thomas the Tank Engine in my collection. So every single oh time... Oh, my gosh, that's adorable. No, no, introduce sorry. us. Introduce us. Introduce us. I can't believe you, you, you don't introduce us. <laughs> to, to the Ringo Starr version or a later version? We'll have to figure that out. But Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr. Okay, that was easy. Um, I agree. <laughs> I kid you not, if he's on a bed sheet, he's in my Google Photos. If he's an actual Thomas the Tank Engine train, which my kids used to play with, he's in my Google Photos. If he's in the background in a picture of a picture, he's in my Google Photos. And I think I have... I think I have like 25 pictures tagged of Thomas the Tank Engine. So if I can just take one more, Andy, I'm hoping it suggests that, you know, Tom, Thomas might <laughs> want to see some of these photos. This is making me really giggle, just the idea of like Thomas the Tank Engine being this sentient, just <laughs> ever-present being in your in your children's lives. And, you know, it's making me really sad because I feel like this is a metaphor for how our imagination disappears into the ether. <laughs> oh, wow. And so the more the the less that Google can identify Thomas as the tank engine, the less that Thomas will exist in the hearts of us. <laughs> sorry, I took that too far. Um, I was <laughs> sorry. I opened the Google Photos app um, just to check real quick to see if it was identifying anything. And actually, because I didn't even know if I had it, to be honest with you, I've just sort of with these new features, you know, they get announced and then I kind of realized they're around like three months after the original news <laughs> hits. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's not doing so hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 it's all, all this like intelligence. You realize that I know a lot of people who have intelligence, but they don't use it to the best of their ability. My my see my thing is that sometimes I think that Google Photos is judging me because it creates that automatic arc, automatic like album of oh here are pictures and to to create the thumbnail of it it creates like just this little like Brady Bunch sort of wall of people that you know that are in pictures and it's always like it's always a commentary on my social life that it's like okay there are four human faces in there one is me Two others are again sc statues or sculptures in the in Boston Public <laughs> Library, and another is like a, a like Superman because I scanned a bunch of like comic book pages, and I'm like, is are they, is it saying that you need to get out and meet more <laughs> real people? Is that was is it, is it trying to help me there? Trying to give me? I'm giggling nudge? so much. I'm sorry. It's it's really funny. Just this whole like this is just extremely comical. Come on, it's it's funny. Um, I, I do have to say though, I was just looking at the sharing suggestions and Google photos. I'm actually getting a little impressed right now. Can I just share this with you guys real quick? Um, the photo is of my friend and her fiance and my friend's best friend. And the suggestion is to share it with her sister who is not in the photo. Oh, I want to, I want to know slash awesome. how it's. Did is this pulling data from my Gmail, for instance, that's maybe finding the paperless post that her best friend sent for the bridal shower, and maybe that's how you know. I'm wondering if that's the data. How is it making this connection? <laughs> Have you tagged her in Google Photos? No, but I guess she wasn't there. Yeah. Ooh. No. Yeah. Yeah. See. Mm. Mm, Google. <laughs> how? What is the magic behind this? <laughs> See, I have yeah. yeah. I have the other funny one is that we tried to hack this together, me and my wife. So we made a shared uh, Google Photos thingy like two years ago, and all our photos have gone there. So the problem is now I'm still using this. This is my primary Google Photos account, and it's suggesting that I share photos with myself. So my face is one of the things that appears like whenever we go places. Like Russell might want to see this. I'm like, 
Yeah, Russell might want to. And I have a I have a friend. He's a mad sort of Google fanatic, and he he wanted to use these features to the max, right? So he used to do the same thing I did, and he's like, no, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get this shared account to share back to our individual accounts. And we're going to start, you know, using the individual individual accounts the way they're meant to be used. And he had I'm trying to remember his photos go back to like 2000 and some early number back then. So he's got tens of tens of thousands of photos and it stu- it worked he went way back in time he's like share all the photos and they got stuck i think at about 2012 and it just hasn't gone on since so i'm not <laughs> not sure i really want to try that that option either i'm i'm really just not even sure how i'm going to migrate to this new feature i might just have to start my photo album again be like all the old photos are in there all the new photos are in here what am i supposed to do with all my stuff on Flickr, by the way <laughs> just slight i know Verizon so I, has I don't it now, mean right? for the total digression i'm just curious because I want to move forward with Google Photos completely. I want to just completely go into the ecosystem. I want to I want to put my wedding photos on there. I want everything just be available now uh, for when I'm talking to friends and I just want to bring up the photo and have some visual aid, you know, when we're chatting the few times that we do. But how do I do that from Flickr? There are a bunch of scripts and apps called Flickr Downloader that will literally oh, download right. your entire album by album. I'm not sure if that maybe... The, do they actually add that to Flickr at some point, or do they not want to give people ideas? This will this <laughs> but, will show you how apps. long it's been since I've logged in to my Flickr. So, and I'm I just sorry. remembered that I probably still have an account there, and all my photos are in yeah. there. So, I, yeah, I, I guess if there's some way to download them, or the Google has an uploader thing that you can then upload them with. I guess that's the only mm-hmm. way to go. It'd be nice if there was actual. Yeah. I mean, Flickr's probably dead by now, but I just angered like three people. But it, it'd be nice if there was some way to go direct <laughs> between the services, though, so you didn't have to do the whole download upload thing. They did the uh, today was the day that they launched the backup and uh, Google Photos dual uploader. Oh, well, that's out, is it? Sorry Ooh. for I'm sorry for the complete relative vagueness of that. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> upload, just, it's just not- an FYI to everyone out there. Uh, I think the Google backup, so you could backup everything to Drive from yes. your desktop, is now live with the oh, yep. combo oh. Google Photos uploader. Cool. See, so, yeah, that that one worries me a little bit. As would uploading like 15 years of Flickr stuff because I, I I still I do trust Google I I've, I keep telling people you, after they're saying you know that Google is just selling your information man and I'm saying yes I, I am aware of this it's it's it's, it's, it's a transaction <laughs> where they give they give me lots of cool features that they could not figure out unless they had information on me and I I trust them to keep that information confidential uh, within the, within Google but if there there comes a point where it's like oh okay but what are they going to learn about me if they get to see pictures of now my parents and my nieces and my nephews and there was a uh, there's somebody who uh, uh on Instagram I can't remember her, her. Her last name is Nicely, but she's an amazing cartoonist uh, who does these wonderful graphic novels. And she decided she had a baby uh, last year, and she decided that she's not going to. She she uses a nickname for him when he she cartoons about him. Her name is his name for for public consumption is Pal. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like I said because I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily make make him public. But she's posted some a few pictures, and now I'm thinking that I know that Facebook and Google now have a new opened a new database record of. Here is a baby. We don't know the name yet, but we know that it's being posted by this person. So maybe we can infer by. So I'm not saying that I get worried about now post putting lots of photos because I love the idea of having photos backed up on a central server where they cannot get. Not only can they not get lost, but I can easily find them. I still remember the time when uh, a friend of mine 
was making a documentary and he wanted as many pictures as I had from an event we attended like 11 years ago. And I knew I had plenty of them, but that was the, that was, I have, I have to thank him for that because that was the most deep cleaning I've ever given my house ever to find every hard drive, every CDR, including, <laughs> including the, like the first ones that still had like the Apple logo on them. And they, they were like 20 bucks a piece and every, every piece of data I possibly had to find. And I still didn't find like the originals, but I did find copies of them. And now it's like, all I got to do is go into Google photos, <laughs> do a search for pictures of Steve that where he kind of has a beard, but we'll maybe shave it off soon. And boop, there it is from JPL 2004. So I, I'm worried about what happened, how much information we're giving away by uploading so many photos and maybe it's too late. So maybe I should just wallow in it at this point. I mean, how did Google figure out that I should send a photo of my friend to her sister who wasn't even there? It's <laughs> machine learning. It's, it's learning things about us. It is. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, speaking of learning, check this out. I'm swiping left, right? Left, I think. And I'm getting Google Now. Ah. Hey, on my Galaxy S8. Uh, we talked about this last week about third-party launches and Google Now integration. And we got so many the tweets, the tweets on the Twitter, so many about this. Um, it turns out Nova Launcher actually supports this out of the box, but you actually have to download a just like a third-party app that enables it. And the reason for that is the bit of functionality that lets you get that sort of left swipe that, that comes in is not allowed to be distributed through the store. So it has to be like a debug version of an app or whatever. Super technical nonsense stuff, but... <laughs> All I have to say, it was super easy. I installed this. Nova Launcher recognized it instantly. I just pressed the home button. And now I'm swiping left for the Google Nows. It's the future. So thanks to everyone that, that sent that in. We'll put a link in the show notes for anyone that's that's interested in that. How easy is it to do that for, I don't know, a noob? Uh, it's <laughs> it's really easy. You just press one button. There's So we'll link to the article. I think it's on. I'm hovering over a link here, Android Police. It's just one APK download. And I should say, you should probably not download every single APK you see on the internet. They can contain anything and everything. But this one comes from a reputable source. It just installs onto your phone. It's one click. You say, yep, I want to install it. Samsung has a cool security feature as well where in Android, if you want to install like apps that aren't from the store, you have to tick a checkbox in settings. You have to say, I know it's dangerous. I know whatever. I'm just going to turn this on forever. Um, Samsung has a nice feature where when you go to install it, they're like, do you want to turn this on just for this one app? I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. Good on you, Samsung. Like, that is really nice. It's one of the yeah. rare things that I'm like, Samsung did something right. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Pat them on the head. Well done, Samsung. Well, it's the little things. <laughs> but no, it's super easy. And after that, you literally just press the home button and Nova Launcher seems to pick it up instantly. It detects that it's installed or they talk to each other or, or something happens. I probably should know what happens. I'm a developer, but I have no idea what happens. Just the magic, the magic of the apps. The apps get together. They're friends now. And I have swiped to Google Home and I love it. It's great. So can you guys tell me what feedback is like <laughs> here at the Material Podcast? <laughs> I hear we have some feedback. <laughs> oh, it's, it's all it's all positive. Oh, there you go. Oh, it's all positive. We no, in all seriousness, Flo, we got a lot of feedback. Nice about transition. Everybody, though. That, every, that was a very. It was such a smooth transition that I didn't pick up on it right away. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to be more. I'm. I apologize for that. That was a very good transition. Come on, Andy. Well, thank be, you, Andy. Could have been there again. <laughs> we got a lot of feedback about flow. Everybody loves the flow. That's that's what Yay. I got from that. Yay! But also, we got a lot of feedback about our Android Wear thing we talked about as well. So we talked about Google Keep no longer being. Um, hooked up to Google Home, which means your shopping list no longer goes in there, which means you can't take stuff off in your Android Wear watch. Um, a few listeners pointed out that you can still ask the Google Assistant on your watch to say, show me my shopping list, and it will dutifully show you your entire shopping list, but huge you know, downside, you can't actually tick stuff off. So you can see the list. 
I suppose that's better than nothing, but you can't actually interact with the list. So if you're like, I got the butter, they're like, Google's like, I don't care if you got the butter, like keep scrolling. Hope you like scrolling. So how does anybody at home know that you got the butter? Exactly. Since time immemorial, I, I still remember like the very first ads for like the Apple II Plus or the Apple IIe, all the magazine ads. The, the, the only two things you could do with a home computer was uh, put up some sort of really clumsy bar graph that represented something to the user and sort your shopping list. That's all people wanted to do with their $2,000 home computer, sort their shopping list. And if you sc- and if we're now in 2017 and there's a way to uh, to screw up even that, I can't help but think that that's an amazing step backwards. <laughs> you know, I I'm, st- I'm still taking the whiteboard to the grocery store, <laughs> so I'm not really the demographic for this. <laughs> I, I still love that mental model of you wheeling a giant whiteboard through the shopping center. I just, I just wish that like a Google Home and the Google Assistant had either some sort of a parity between them, or they have an awareness when both of them are in the same room together. Because I have a, I have a Google Home like uh, in, uh, in the bedroom now. I, I keep moving it from the office to the bedroom depending on where I want it, and. I know that if it's a if I want to like remind myself of something, I know that I have to first step. The first step is to reach over to Google Home, turn off the microphone, and then say, "Okay, Guillermo, remind me tomorrow at four p.m. about this," because the phone is going to say, "Okay." Whereas the assistant is going to, whereas the home is going to say, "I'm sorry, I don't know how to do reminders just yet." It's it's not as though the Google Assistant on my phone can't hear him saying hear him saying that, and then just say back, "It's okay, Google Home, I got this." <laughs> and that that would be that would actually be kind of adorable. I try I do that though. I, I reply to it anyway. I just go, okay, you didn't need to interrupt. Like nobody asked you anything. I was just talking to myself. Uh, and I have to say, by the way, I put the Google Home in, in our bedroom and I was a little was a little creeped out <laughs> by having an always on listening thing. Like I appreciate the uh utility of it when it is needed, <laughs> but it is kind of creepy. Having an always-on listening thing, especially in the most, you know, in the most private part of the house. Especially if you sleep talk. You, you never know what you're going to be telling Google in your sleep. You could be giving them all sorts of private information. In fact, that's true. maybe that's how they found out about that person that wasn't in your photos. You're like, okay, I, They were listening to me talk. To, it's a <laughs> narrative I was having in my subconscious, apparently. I don't know. I think uh, it, is a, it is a good device for lulling yourself to sleep. Well, I'll tell you one thing you could do to make it less creepy because uh, uh, I thought it would be really cute to like get those uh, googly eyes at the craft store and like <gasps> glue a pair of them. And boy, that was a bad mistake, especially because they're the glow in the dark kind. And so like late at night, it's like, oh, boy, that was that was not a pleasant evening. I, I've, it was like that scene in Poltergeist where the little boy like is looking at the clown puppet like in the corner and has to throw the coat over it is the whole thing. Uh, but if you but uh, actually, for those of you who are timely, who, who keep up with listening to material podcast on time uh, this week, probably to compete with Amazon Prime Week, Google Home is down to ninety nine dollars at the Google Play Store, down from one hundred and twenty. 29 bucks. So uh, if you don't have one and you've been after hearing us talk about how creepy it is to have an active microphone inside the inside the bedroom at all times, you can't wait to rush out and get one. Or this is this is another thing that people uh, people who are fans of the $350 Apple HomePod maybe are not aware of. It's kind of cool to have more than one so that you're just used to being in the house and always I've, I've, I've got like one downstairs, one upstairs so that I can always Bark out reminders, so it's a good a good opportunity. Maybe buy a second one if you couldn't spare it for 130 bucks. Maybe for 99 bucks. Uh, so that's just something to think about. 
<sighs> I just wish that I could have some worries taken off my mind so I could have more time to think about things like this. Don't you agree, Russell? I agree, Andy. What if, what if you had to manage a whole bunch of servers by yourself? That sounds like a real drive. I don't have I don't have enough I don't have enough bandwidth for that. I'm, oh, no. It's just so far above my capabilities as a poor mammal on this planet. Well, just Andy, trying to get by. I, I can't believe we've done this again. We've <clears throat> we've got a sponsor that solves your exact need, Andy, and it is a returning sponsor as well, Linode. Linode gets you set up in seconds with their fast, powerful hosting. Their tools are easy to understand, and they let you choose your resources and Linux distro giving you the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plans, Andy, start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. So we're talking an actual data center here. You've got native SSD storage, so super fast you know, storage, access to a 40 gigabit network. I guarantee you're not getting that in your house. Uh, Intel E5 processors, <laughs> which are the fastest in the cloud market. Nine data centers around the world, so you can choose you know, what's closest to the customers that you want to serve so they can get the lowest latency. Um, an API, developers love API. You can develop custom apps and sort of interact with it. Super simple scaling. You just go in there, you click a few buttons, you make your server bigger, you make your server smaller. It's it's super easy. Um, and it's also manageable by the command line. So if you prefer to go that way, that's that's all in there. And they have tons of add-on stuff that you can they do that we use here as well. So the backups and node balancers um, are really cool. If you know what those two things are, you're like, yes. If you don't know, it probably doesn't matter. It's not for you. So Linode, fantastic pricing. You can get a server, like I said, one gigabyte of RAM, $5 a month. You can go all the way up to 16 gig of RAM for $60 a month. And across the board, Linode are now offering twice the amount of RAM you'll get anywhere else. So as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash material, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll get $20 towards your first Linode plan and with a seven-day money-back guarantee. So nothing to lose. Linode.com slash material to learn more. Sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or if you're at checkout, you can use promo code material2017. And we want to thank Linode so much for supporting a material podcast. Did you guys hear this little tidbit? Uh, First of all, I just want to appreciate this Android police headline. (laughs) Samsung dishonors Cookie Monster, dishonors (laughs) the Sesame Street's Cookie Monster by using a cracker as the cookie emoji. What is happening? (laughs) I'm looking at this tweet, and I guess it's being viewed through the Galaxy S8, uh, and it looks like instead of looking like a chocolate chip cookie, which is what the Cookie Monster likes to eat, it's a boring saltine, which I like saltines, by the way. I, I do enjoy a good plain saltine, maybe a little jam in a saltine. Sometimes I'll do a cheese on a saltine, but that's not a chocolate chip cookie. And that's where, where not Cookie Monsters. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where, where did this tweet come from? This tweet came from the official Cookie Monster uh, account, which is, by the way, at me cookie monster so if you need to find cookie monster on twitter he is at me cookie monster and his social uh, media I, game is on point yeah, I, I gotta, it you is. gotta say about cookie he's he does not let his obsession get in the way of business well he was celebrating world chocolate day hashtag world chocolate day uh mm-hmm. and you know he was celebrating with chocolate chip cookies <laughs> but if you're looking at it on the galaxy s8 <laughs> It's saltines. So I, I'm thinking Cookie Monster it, in the Samsung land uh, maybe had a little too much to drink last night. He's not feeling it. And so that's why the saltines are out for World Chocolate Day. Or, or maybe, inference. Or maybe he had he, he had a little too, too many cookies and his stomach is upset and his mom okay, said, that's how about, how about <laughs> have some saltines and maybe some ginger, warm ginger ale? But yeah, that's that is it's it's not even like a Ritz cracker. It is like the you're at grandma's house and grandma doesn't have anything for 
that grandkids would enjoy eating. It's either hard candy from last Christmas or not even the name brand like Nabisco saltines. I'm talking about like the store brand. <laughs> no salt added. <laughs> salt. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The no salt added ones are the worst too. Uh. I feel I'm really sorry to people out there who can't eat the ones with salt because that's the whole point. Why would you eat it if it's just yeah. cardboard at that they're point? They're called saltines. It's in the name. Yeah. Although i got to say, in Australia, they're not called saltines. We call them saladas here, Ooh, which I believe is a brand, but it's like one of those Kleenex things. It's like everybody calls it a salada. I've never heard the word saltine before. It's funny. Salada? It is salada. S-A-L-A-D-A. That's a lot of A's and, and L's. That, that is also a brand of grandma tea. Really? Like, you either have salada tea or, or red rose. Like they're not, they're not, it's not, it's not like a, it's not even, it's the sort of tea that she probably steals from, uh, like where she goes out to get lunch. Grandma like would never steal anything, caddy. Andy. You take that back. Grandma, oh, grandma's my, on a fixed income. Totally don't, don't judge Actually, grandma. Actually, mine would as well. <laughs> 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 I have fun, it's got nothing to do with anything, but I have fond memories of going for walks with my grandma and she would pass other people's houses and she'd be like, oh, that's a, that's a nice plant. It's a blah, 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 you know, plant name or whatever. And she'd pull out a pair of secateurs, which she just happened to have in her pocket, snip, cuts the branch off, takes it back to her house, plants <laughs> it in the garden. I'm like, you can't do that. She's like, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Wait a minute. Your grandmother was Eastern European, right? Yes. Because my Eastern European grandmother also taught me that it's okay to borrow a rose from the neighbor's yard. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be hanging on the fence. If you can reach over and get it, it's yours. If you can reach Oh, no. She, we walked up the driveway. <laughs> once <laughs> no shame no shame from romanian grandmothers uh you know you know what else has no shame is the new panic detection feature that uh, everyone's bustling about on the internet uh, what a clever idea this is <laughs> it's so it's it's this is i was reading all about this um this was uh, XDA uh, broke the news <laughs> from this. It's a hidden feature in 7.1. You don't have to work. You don't have to wait for 8.0 to get this. Uh, so if you ever like you're using your phone and then something bad is happening and you're just like back, 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 stop, quick, stop, 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 stop. You just keep tapping the back button because you just want to whatever is happening. I want to get out of it right now. And you're yelling at the same time. Yes. And <laughs> it's like, like you're diving in slow motion. No. Whether it's malware or something that's throwing up a million pop-up ads or whatever. Uh, so now there's a new panic. It's actually called the panic detection feature. Uh, so that if, it's, if, the, if the OS senses that you're desperately hitting the back button, it will automatically suspend whatever you're looking at and bounce you back to home. Where you can then like re uninstall whatever app was acting naughty. Uh, XDA... Uh, actually dis uh, looked up, looked at the source code. So apparently you have to press the back button like four times in a row really fast for it to count as a panic. Um, they describe it, I'm quoting here, uh, quite simply, if a rogue application attempts to hijack the user's screen and prevent the user from leaving, perhaps by implementing an accessibility service to intercept all key events, Android will itself override the application to bring back the home, home screen. The user can then presumably uninstall the malicious application from the launcher. Um, the... It's not. It's 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 in seven point one. It's not activated. You have to, like Russell says, did the do the incredibly brave thing of of editing an APK. Uh, there's just look there, look for a setting that says, do you want panic mode on or do you want it off? Yes, please turn it on. Just turn a zero into a one, and it will turn on. Um, so obviously, this is something that Google is playing with. I, I have to imagine that the feature is wired up to 
send feedback automatically back to Google. If you way back when clicked that button, said, yes, please send feedback. Please send performance reports back to Google automatically to find out if people are actually using it, if it's doing any good or not. Uh, it's really if whether it's whether it's uh, uh, turning out to be effective or not, whether it turns out to be something that they just simply activate in all future updates to the OS. It's, I'm glad to see that Google is very visibly aware that a lot of bad people are releasing bad software. And even if you're not terribly likely to encounter it, if you're just sticking to the Play Store, it happens enough that you need some creative solutions, such as when is some when is somebody shouting no 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 into the microphone? Yeah, perhaps that should be a, that should be a Google Assistant action saying shutting down the shutting ejecting ejecting the reactor core. <laughs> So is it bad that I didn't really think about the malware angle when this was going out? I didn't even, I just saw somebody had posited in that uh, manner a couple of days after this came out, and I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking about uh, some games I've played that sometimes just lag upon loading, or maybe sometimes apps crash. I mean, that happens to me all the time with Instagram for instance, or yes, Snapchat, you know, kind of these video heavy apps where I just feel like, oh, I need to get the heck out of this. I need to get back to my home screen. Like essentially the Android equivalent of force quitting yeah. without <laughs> without the uh, the manual, you know, going into the app switcher and ticking it away. That's kind of interesting. I mean, the other interesting thing is that um, from Google onwards, Google has really started to focus on this sort of stuff. So they released a whole suite of tools for developers that are all about um, here's the times when your app didn't perform properly, here's the times when your app hung, here's the time when your app did something weird. And they've started to measure things that they've never measured before. Like, for example, Andy's scrolling a list in your app and we noticed that list stutters or there's, you know, some brief sort of period of hanging here or maybe like the screen just locks up for like a minute, uh, not a minute, a few seconds. They report all that back to developers now as well which is i think that's a really good thing like this is information that developers have found really hard to get in the past it's like you can test your own app in ideal conditions but the problem is most developers test it on like a super high-end phone that they run for themselves it's really painful we had to do this we had to go buy like a really old samsung phone to do some testing on and i tell you that's painful when you got to use that for a week as like your primary device you're like oh please get me off this phone but it makes you fix a whole bunch (laughs) of stuff so the fact that they're really focusing on this kind of thing and i think the this back button thing is is a similar thing. Like if they can start to detect, hey, users are having real problems like getting out of your app, that that's a problem. And if you don't fix it, we're going to like boot you out of the store or we're going to give you a warning or whatever. Like I'm, I'm projecting a bit forward here. They don't do any of this at the moment. But if that's the kind of stuff they start doing, that I think that's cool. Anything that makes my the apps on my like phone run better, I'm, I'm all for. You know, I'm just realizing I have really taken for granted all that my phone can do. Because <laughs> I was just I was just thinking about I don't know what it's like to struggle with a phone. I have not known that in a very long time. Um, maybe since the dying days of my first HTC Incredible. And that's just because I held that phone for a really long time. I think I had that phone for like three years, which is the longest that I'd ever had any phone. I... It says more about like my privilege, yes, but you know, millennial here. I've had smart. I've had phones for a long time. Uh, we had carrier upgrades, but anyway, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about something here in my head about just what it would be like to maybe really live with a low end phone, like away from a review period for a device. This, this sounds like a challenge, to, Flo. Yeah, I, I, I seem to remember just, someone on the Twit Network. I think it was Jason House, which to iOS for a month or something, and one of his coworkers switched to 
Andrew, we could have you switch <laughs> to like a super that was, super that was a f- like fifty dollars phone. That was a full body shutter that we that, that you just shutter. heard from, from Flo. <laughs> Flo uses a fifty dollars phone for a month. I'm on board with this. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'm going to on it. Anyway, so I'm no. like sitting here thinking, I, well, you know, we're talking and this stuff happens. But that's but that's, but that's absolutely true. I'm, I'm sort of, um, there was a, there, it, we're getting close enough to the release of the next Pixel that now there are better rumors coming about the, the sort of thing where uh, a large a large news site believes, uh, thinks enough of their reporting to actually commission someone to create artwork that they're not going to be sued over <laughs> that clearly reflects photos that they have been shown but we're not supposed to have seen uh and so i'm, I'm still weighing the idea of i, I mean it's probably gonna, the the new pixel is probably going to cost the same as the old one so if i'm budgeting for it i'm budgeting anywhere between seven and nine hundred dollars but there's something be, being being a freelancer i cannot even if it's something i desperately need if even if it's like you know, a, 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 even if it's like a, a dentist appointment or my teeth are going to fall out, it's going to be, is this a good way to me to spend $800 or not? And I'm, I'm looking at my Nexus 6P and thinking, it, technically, this is a two-year-old phone. If I don't buy a new phone this year, it will be a three-year-old phone starting next year. But it runs fine. I can't think of a time where I was complaining that it was too slow or it was lagging behind. And so there is a point where you have to sort of ask yourself, how much do I want it? How much do I just want the shiny shiny? And how much is this? I need uh, this upgrade will create solve problems and or create opportunities for me, which is usually the one question you need to ask before you lay out money for uh, for a new phone. I don't want the new Pixel. Sorry. (gasps) (laughs) You take that back. You take that back. The permanent hosting's canceled. I, no, no. I mean, I know it's exciting and it's going to whatever, move the needle forward for Google. It's going to be great. But um, I really I love my Pixel. And because Andy was just saying you want a phone that solves a pain point. My pain point was I needed a phone that could also be like my travel camera because, you know, we don't need to have two DSLRs on a trip between the two of us. Or at least that's how I feel about that. I we don't want both of us getting robbed. <laughs> uh, yes, this is also a good way to keep it. And I have had a camera stolen, by the way. That's for another day. Um, Yeah, and the Pixel XL is solving those pain points for me. And I just, I'm just so used to it. And I really like it. And, you know, I spend money on it. So I have a question for you too. And I think this this is maybe what Andy was alluding to. I feel like in the the PC slash Mac era, about four years ago, It stopped mattering if you had a new computer or not. Before that, it's like if you didn't upgrade every two years, your computer would just oh, yeah, like not run. Right. And yeah. now I have I have computers that are from like 2013, 2014. And I'm like, I don't yes. need to upgrade them. They run fine. Like, are we starting to get in the same place with phones? Because the cameras are finally good enough. Like, you don't get a terrible camera like on every single phone. Like, the majority of them are amazing. Like, they have enough RAM. They have enough storage space. You're not stuck with like 100 meg of like download space like i was on my first android phone the htc incredible it was so incredible because i had 130 meg total for like everything like that was great Uh, are we starting to get to that point with phones where it's like the new phone comes out and literally all you're getting is you're getting more shiny like the screen bezel is smaller like the cameras are maybe like a tiny bit better but the 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 previous phone takes amazing photos like the new one takes amazing photos and maybe every now and again you'll notice it did something slightly better with the sky or something like is it at the point where you don't need to upgrade i can't believe i'm saying this is yeah. there at the point where you don't need to upgrade every year? Well, that's a particularly true of Android because uh, I, it was a big deal when I switched from the iPhone to I think it was the Samsung Galaxy S3 because it was the first one and the first edition of Android that wasn't 
like again like an adorable dog we're like oh he's a mutt and he can't he can't walk without bumping into a door and he keeps chasing squirrels that aren't there but i like what this dog represents there's the first one that says no they this is not a highly problematic piece of hardware running a highly problematic piece of software and somewhere around maybe a year and a half ago it's really hard to get an android phone so long as you're not buying it off of the back of a van in shenzhen uh that isn't a really very very good android phone and every edition of android now has fixed all the problems that really drove you up a wall a couple years ago. So yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's hard for me to find the point where I'm like, I really can't wait to upgrade my phone because whatever, whatever new phone I buy, it's going to have X. And for me, X turned out to be four gigs of, of application RAM. Cause I was using the five, I was using the, I actually bought a Nexus five X on a black Friday sale a few years ago. And then later on I got when Nexus six P's were really, really cheap. I bought one of those. And really the difference between the, the difference between the five X and the six P was not the screen or the camera. It really was, this has two, four gigs instead of two gigs. And that solved whatever problems I was having, switching apps, whatever problems I was having scrolling. And, and we talked about the, uh, Asus Zenfone three, uh, that I had in for review. I think we talked about that maybe a month ago. But it's like my review of it is like I this is this is what three hundred fifty dollars buys you a beautifully made phone that's fast has a big beautiful screen has a camera that takes super pictures like maybe not as good as as cameras as phones that cost twice as much. But once you start to get into I'm going to lay out for a premium smartphone I'm going to spend six hundred dollars and up. Wow. I, I A long time ago, uh, I mentioned earlier about uh, going to the Boston Public Library to take uh, to test phones with, because that used to be the way that I would figure out how has Apple improved the iPhone camera this year, because or how is Samsung catching up in this area or that other area, because it's a series of pictures that are very common tourist pictures, but I've taken these 11 exact same pictures so many times that I know what a what a $2000 camera will do with it I know what a smartphone picture camera can and can do with it but now boy when I when those pictures get auto uploaded to Google Photos and so I'll see the exact same pictures of of Bates Hall the beautiful like reading room uh and like I cannot tell which phone took any of these pictures and I'm, I'm not even talking about the 11 phones I tested this year I'm talking about this year or last year or even part of the year before I cannot tell it's it's more of a difference of what the lighting was like on that day it was it was overcast that day that's why the colors are muted it's like it's really hard for me to review a phone now and say Wow, you should definitely spend seven hundred dollars for the new iPhone or the new Samsung Galaxy. Um, I, I, I guess it this and this will sound like a backhanded compliment. Uh, I respect the direction that Apple seems to be going in, which is to sort of they they started off trying to be the Sony uh, of the of the world, making brilliant consumer electronics i think they're moving into particularly with uh, their watches and their phones we would rather be the car we want to be the cartier of technology where we are building a beautiful device that you are going to enjoy taking off of your taking off of your nightstand at the beginning of the day and putting in your suit pocket or in your your purse or whatever and then when you take it when you take it out at the end of the day like a beautiful jeweled cigarette case or a beautiful lighter it's like it gives you pleasure that this is a beautiful object built really really well and the fact that it will it's still just a phone that will do as well as almost something you'd buy in a blister pack at, at the CVS pharmacy on a prepaid plan. That doesn't matter because this is a beautiful package with a ceramic body. And that's yeah. how I feel about the really blue pixel. I'm still in love with my phone, guys. Yeah, exactly. Still, 
I'm so still so smitten with it. It's just it fits me so well. Ugh. We could have a whole we could have a whole three shows about the identity of the smartphone and what it says about you, because let me tell you, there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what to take away from my identity. I buy every single shiny phone that comes out. The the SA is here right you now. You love so shiny things you're, and that's you're, you're totally fine. Curry, Live a, your life, man. Do you have magpies <laughs> in the US? Or is that yes, an Australian have, thing? Magpies? Oh. Magpies? Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe just a magpie attracted to shiny things. Does anybody in this conversation know the difference between a crow, a raven, and a magpie? Because all they're, they're, for me, they're just big, huge, oily black birds. I do not know. I know, and there are people who can tell the difference between them, but I'm not one Wait of them. Wait a second. Magpies are black and white, aren't they? Or do we have two different magpies? Is this a cultural thing? Or do I not even know what a magpie is? Which is very possible. What? Russell Google's they're, magpie I right know, now. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're egg-laying creatures, yes? <laughs> Correct. They fly. Check. They do not have pouches. Yeah, if they're like ravens, that means they're super smart too. There you go. Oh yeah, that's yeah. They can <laughs> do problem solving. That's scary. If, if you do, if you're listening, <laughs> do a Google search on like raven intelligence, and yeah. you'll see like researchers doing things that are it, that are that go beyond. You've seen you've seen like the YouTube videos of like squirrel tactical training uh, training courses where just just here's the, they, the over over time the squirrel they someone has built in their backyard an increasingly complex wait, 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 like obstacle course the the squirrel has to get through. Oh, do a Google Google search. It's Ooh. it's it's so. I think that if ever we need to demonstrate to an alien race that the human race <laughs> is wonderful and deserves to live, it's going to be there are people that for no pay, nothing but they think that this is, this would be an interesting thing to do. Yeah. They they every time every time the squirrel had managed to get to the nut, they would put add another obstacle to the course that the but this but this is with the with the ravens that's not this. It's like they will suddenly say, "Okay, we have th- for the past three months." We have not trained them how to open this box. We have taught them that sometimes to open a box, you need a stick. And that sometimes you need to turn something over. So we will just simply now give them random problems to solve, and they will figure out how to solve it. And that's when you're like... I used to be. I used to feel good about myself that I was worried about like Planet of the Apes that it would be apes that would take over the world. Now I'm not so sure that's not going to be birds that are going to kick me out Wrong of my house. Wrong movie. It's the birds. Yes. Yeah, it's the birds. <laughs> Planet of the Avarians. I couldn't think of a cool title because birds. Birds doesn't fit nicely. Those are you're, you're showing me pictures of the North American magpie. That is not the bird that I was thinking of. Okay, so this good. is. Actually, I, I've just found out, Andy. This has nothing to do with our show, but I, I like the cultural differences between us. Like I like this whole like. There's a huge sea between you and me. There's 16 hours. I live in the future. I love it. Our magpie is like big and tough looking, and your magpie is like a little tiny bird with blue bits. That's not a magpie. We, we need to consult the naming. That's again. how they. That's how they infiltrate. You see, they're they're <laughs> devious. They're Americans. Or it's our smog layer, also a possibility. Uh, it could be, could be a layer of smog <laughs> on the back there. Could actually be black and white, just with no other bits. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something that's potentially rude, but I'm gonna think that I think that this is going to be a delightful example of interactive podcast uh, uh, participation. I'm going to, <clears throat> okay, Google, show me pictures of North American magpies. There you go. So now if you had your phone like with an earshot, if you're listening to this on speakers, <laughs> now you're probably looking at the same pictures that the three of us are looking at. You see, we're we all one community kind of participating in this. Exactly. I love it. We need to get some VC uh, funding for this before it gets out. So before the show released, a few of us need to contact VCs and just say we've, <laughs> we've cracked this podcasting game wide open. Didn't Hungry Jacks try this? I think we covered this a few months ago when Hungry... Oh, you guys don't call it Hungry Jacks. Burger King? Yeah, we call it Burger King. Burger King? Why do you guys call it Hungry Jacks? It turns out when they came here, someone already had the name, like Burger King, and like registered in one place, and they're like, 
Forget it. Hungry Jacks it is. I don't know why they went with do that. They, do they still give you like a paper crown when you go into Hungry yes. Jacks? And do they, yes. come, uh, they come up with some sort of... So is it a Jack crown? Is it yeah. a... Yeah. I never thought about that. It's still that a crown. Wouldn't that be a jester, no a jester uh, bonnet or whatever the heck they're called? The jester hat? Jester bonnet. I will have one jester bonnet, please. A Burger King burger, I can take it or leave it. It's the paper crown that will give me the extra five points that will win. Okay, let's go to Burger King. Uh I've never made now, that connection a, before, but I've realized, yeah, the crown is all about the king. You, you've ruined it for me now, Andy. I, can't, I can never very, go to Hungry Jacks you know, again. It's very patriarchal. What are you going to do? You know? <laughs> we should go back to talking about the queen like we did last <laughs> week. That was great. Well, that's a, I actually wanted to, a couple of the things to, uh, we wanted to talk about this week. One of them was a piece of news that uh, has hit hit a lot of targets this week for people who really like Google, really don't like Google. Either way, it's sort of given people a lot of ammunition. Uh, an organization calling itself the Campaign for Accountability, the Campaign for Accountability Project, uh, released a long-time report uh, that reveals that shows shines a light on Google's participation in academic studies, where they have been funding, uh, giving uh, monetary funding to academic studies that might have been swaying opinions on Google's products and policies and whatever political things that they're delivering, uh, and often. Oftentimes during critical moments, so that, for instance, uh, at a time when uh, uh, the United States is considering uh, new anti-piracy legislation that would make it really, really difficult for Google to say, "Look, we can't. We're not responsible for people uh, putting on uh, uploading copies of the Great British Baking Show, and we do take them down when we find out about it, but we can't preeminently just remove things." Uh, that's when they start paying for papers about how. Google cannot be held responsible for the sort of stuff that gets published that get published in academic journals, uh, antitrust issues when they're being un- under fire from the Fair Trade Commission, uh, and also when they're under fire from the EU. So it's not like they were randomly funding projects that people were coming to them for. It's they they the 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 campaign for accountability project in their report is providing charts to say well, here's where they were putting here's where they were putting the money in different topics, and here's when a timeline of when they were being affected by certain things. Uh, uh, according to, I'm, I'm quoting the report here, uh, the academic papers exam- that they examined uh, encompassed a wide range of policy and legal issues of critical importance to Google's bottom line, including antitrust, privacy, net neutrality, search neutrality, patents, and copyright. And they're also tied to specific issues that Google sought to influence. Also, that the number of Google-funded studies tended to spike during moments when its business model came under threat from regulators or when the company had opportunities to push for regulations on its competitors. Uh, and they also site of kind of troubling moment. Uh, Eric Schmidt, who is then uh, Google's chief executive, cited a Google-funded author in providing his written answers to Congress to back his his contention that the company was not a monopoly, and he did not mention that Google had actually paid for that paper. Um, Google has responded uh, with a blog post. They're always very, very fast, at least, as they don't just let these things uh, die on the vine, uh, saying that, well, look, I mean, you're also making us responsible for uh, funding from organizations that we contribute to and that we're simply a member of, not just our own stuff. We also saying that when, and this is a quote from the blog post, when we provide financial support, we expect and require grantees to properly disclose our funding uh, very, very properly. The organization was complaining that a lot of these people were not, who researchers were not including, here's where our money came from to do this, uh, to do this uh, support. Um, 
Also, the Wall Street Journal uh, did their own – was provided a copy of this report in advance. And so they did their own like sort of side investigation and – uh, they didn't. They didn't uh, find out that uh, this organization was wrong, but they put they created some color to this. So when in Google's response, when they say that we do value academic independence and integrity, and we assert, we assert to people that there are no strings attached, they came up with a really great. <laughs> they came up with a really great person here. Uh, I'm quoting the Wall Street Journal article: The University of Illinois law professor Paul Hild pitched an idea on copyrights he thought would be useful to Google, uh-huh. and he received $18,830 to fund the work. The paper, published in 2012, didn't mention his sponsor. Uh, now the article is quoting uh, Paul Held here, saying, oh, wow, no, I didn't. That's really bad, he said in an interview. That's purely oversight. Uh, the money did not influence his work, Mr. Held said, and Google issued no conditions. <laughs> quoting quoting Mr. Held here, they said, if you take this $20,000 and open up a donut shop with it we'll never give you any more money but that's fine unquote so that that at least supports the idea that it maybe was not if it was improper for them to be be supporting research that's beneficial to google they were big making very the headlines that i've been seeing particularly on a lot of very pro apple blogs shall we say that said google was paying for uh paying for uh paying for the results that they wanted to get they've that's not been determined by anything that i've seen published yet but i it could be stuff that I haven't seen yet. Um, I'm also a little bit worried that uh, so I, you go to the website, and so this organization uh, they've they've published their previous papers and their previous alerts and whatever. There are only eight of them. They only date back to 2015, and of the eight, four of them have anti-Google headlines, uh, which makes me at least wonder who is directing all of this. Google, for its part, in that same blog post. Uh, they, they they return the fire a little bit. Uh, here, again, quoting the irony of discussing discussing disclosures and transparency with a quote campaign for accountability. I really think the air quotes here are implied. Uh, is that this group consistently refuses to name its corporate funders, and those backers won't fess up either. The one funder the world does know about is Oracle, which is running a well documented lobbying campaign against us in its own name and through proxies. Oracle has funded many hundreds of articles, research papers, symposiums and reports oracle is not alone you can easily find similar activity by companies and organizations funded by our competitors like at&t the mpaa icom fair search and dozens more including hundreds of pieces directly targeting google wisely stopping just short of saying you can't it's the it's the it's the the the, it's made up facts from the lying media so they they stopped very short of that tire puncturing strip so but uh, so they're 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 not saying it's a fair cop. They're saying that, hey, come on, man. Come on, man. I'm sorry, Andrew. You're saying it's fake news. (laughs) I didn't want to say it because if if you say it, I believe that you let in bad spirits. And I'll have to like leave the house and walk around it three times to clear the spirits. And there's actually a thunderstorm warning for southern New England at this point. So I don't want to have to leave the house. Uh, I am going to go turn on all of my Virgin Mary candles right after this. So I will take care of that. If you need sage, let me know. I've got some uh, on on the back burner. Uh, But I do have to say that the entire time, you know, the entire time that uh, I was sort of imagining this whole story unfolding, I was just also thinking about why do these organizations or why do these scientists, why do these researchers, why why do they have to go to a giant corporation and ask for money? 
Or why is that where their money has to come from for research that could possibly be beneficial for humanity in, in whatever instance? Like, I just wonder maybe if there were a better way, then this is not something that would be an issue. Well, um, are you suggesting the government should fund education institutions? That's that's crazy talk. I am. I wow. am suggesting that, um, you know, because as, like, <laughs> as Andy's talking, I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, I think in Russia they fund like the research of wolves. <laughs> like, like they fund stuff like that. And I'm and I'm like, why did why do these people have to go to Google and ask for all this money? Because then, you know, that's when all these things come into play. And I mean, I appreciate that there's like disclosure, you know, as a journalist, of course, I think about that the ethics of the things that I do on a constant basis and, you know, as a scientist, I just imagine like you just want to do your work. You just want to you you want to write that paper. You want to tell the world about something, and you're not able to do it because you can't afford to pay your bills. It's just you know. Yeah, not only that, but you're you're measured by the amount of papers that you write as well. So in the in that exactly university slash sort of science community, it's all about how many things can you publish, how many things can get peer reviewed, like how many things can you put your name next to. And you're right, you need funding to be able to uh, do that. You need support as well. Um, sometimes you can get that from the government, but more often than not, it comes from a lot of private companies, and that's. That's always a really weird relationship. Like I, I find I, I fall somewhere in the middle of this. Like a campaign that's called Campaign for Accountability and has marketing this good seems a little bit suspect to me. They've used kind of material design on their website. Like they're funded by who? But on the other side, I can I can imagine a situation where someone from Google comes to a researcher and says, hey, we think that this is a potentially interesting area for you to investigate. We have some funding in this bucket. You know, make your own conclusions. But you know, here's a bucket of money if you look into this. And it could be as simple as they know, like with a fair degree of certainty, what the outcome's going to be just because these are the facts or these are not the facts and this is this is where you're going to go. Like, I mean, I can imagine a world where they're also leading them a little bit and saying like, you know, if you went this way, that, that would probably be better. But it could just as easily be like, you know, you're going to end up getting to the same point we have like in a lot of our research, but it's going to be published by, you know, you with your PhD and your research, you know, other people as well. And that's going to go on some peer reviewed, you know, paper and website and that'll make us very happy. Yeah. But a lot of these papers, to be fair, it's not like deliberation and integration modes and vertical markets in the emerging <laughs> nations between in the post in the post China economy. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I'm looking, I'm trying to see if I can find the actual title but one of them that that one of them was along the lines of google a monopoly don't make me laugh and i'm like really this is this a buzz is this a buzzfeed article or is this like an <laughs> academic paper 10 reasons why google is not a monopoly and like a click through slideshow thing <laughs> oh no it's happening to the science community <laughs> too is this how which, we're gonna wh- teach university classes from now on <laughs> Who's your favorite Brady Bunch kid? And we'll tell you. We'll tell you why you should support Google's position on antitrust legislation in the EU. Also, you're a Jan. <laughs> oh dang! Oh, Jan. Yeah, it's it's. I don't. I honestly don't know how to feel about this because that's as you might be able to tell because I've been saying I've been really doing the John Lennon and Paul McCartney sides of you know it's getting better all the time couldn't get no it was because they the this organization is doing a good job of saying well look here is the graph here's when they were facing this thing and here's when they were here's what the sort of things that they were funding on the other hand again you got I have to be skeptical of 
eight eight reports. Four of them are anti Google. Uh, one of them is like the connection between Google and Hillary Clinton, which immediately said, "Okay, <laughs> I, I'm I'm giving I'm giving you a standing eight count. We're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go to separate corners. <laughs> we're gonna start the round again because you you said the H word, and now I gotta really look at you really carefully at this point. Uh, and and also that uh, Google made some good points in that they so they support lots and lots of different research on lots and lots of different topics uh, and the blog posts are also they actually uh, had links to a bunch of different papers that where yes they did fund this uh, research on an issue that certainly can affect google and google would certainly benefit if it said the word that hey google's doing great and they said no google's actually a bunch of jerks they're on the wrong side of this issue so it's hard it, it, one thing that I, that I definitely do believe is that it's really hard to defend the headline that google is paying for results from papers, uh, especially given the history and not even just recent times of we don't it really we really need to point to a study that says that cigarettes are not killing anybody and that they have no nothing to do with cancer. We really need that headline. Here's a here's a half a million dollars. Go to it. It seems as though they're saying that they maybe they're selecting maybe they're selecting analysts and researchers that they think will find the conclusion that they want them to find but again the the open a donut shop quote kind of says that yeah i i, I would probably make more money if, if our researchers say wait i can open a donut shop i i could be set for at least the next 20 years i, know. I don't know I if i get getting I, I, I don't know if i'm getting shop. tenure or anything i'm, I'm a ta is, i don't even get health insurance this is the episode where andy and flo just sell out immediately they're like hello google it's it's me, Andy, and me, Flo. Like we'd like twenty thousand dollars. Can I can I have a donut shop? I would shop? love my own donut shop. In fact, <laughs> I think my small town needs is a donut shop. So well, I there mean, you go. <laughs> interesting. I've I've always said that my my ethics policy is crystal clear. I can definitely be bought. The principle, though, is that my price is so high that no one is ever going to come across it given my – I don't have that kind of influence. I mean, if someone wants to completely fund my retirement in 10 years, like give me an amount of money where I can do – as long as I keep body and soul together for the next 10 years, I'm set for the rest of my life. I will say or write whatever you want, and my immigrant grandparents would come back to life just to hit me in the head if I were offered <laughs> that deal and I did not take it. It's to honor those people who came here from Italy and Eastern Europe <laughs> that I that I would take the five million dollars from from Linksys or from Google That's or all? from anybody. That's all you would ask for. You would ask for Ooh, more. Oh, interesting, Andy. Okay. What's your price for? Now, now, what 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 do you intend to do in, in your in, in in your in your retirement? That especially like, you got at least uh, I'm you got at least fifteen or twenty years on me, so you got at least twenty years of interest being built up. I feel as though with ten million bucks in the bank, I could burn through a few while compound interest does its magic, and I again work at my donor shop for the next ten years, so that I can basically move to a boat boat, and no one can ever find me again. I'm not sure what I could. Okay, if if, if you if you were going to offer me Koch Brothers money so I could start buying <laughs> lawmakers, that becomes interesting. If Google wants to write that kind of check, I'll write four <laughs> articles with the headlines that they want. <laughs> can, Flo, can, Flo, can you be my malfeasance agent? Like, if I ever get approached, can I just like say, please, I'll, I'll now refer you to my agent who will then handle the negotiation. I'm going to upsell you, Andy. You can't just walk <laughs> away with five or ten mil. You got to go for at least twenty because if that's how much actresses and actors are getting paid per movie that's how much we deserve too. <laughs> journalists <laughs> represent this should be a movement 
All right. If Johnny Depp can make all that money and then squander it away and have all these articles written about how he's squandering it away, I want the same treatment. I want 20 million and then I want everyone to write about why I'm squandering away all this Google money. I see. I'm just fair. disappointed that uh, there's, there's got to be a way that we there's got to be a way that we can get our hands in that till. If he's squandering money to that extent where he doesn't even know how much money he's losing, there's there's got to be a way that there's got to be what eighty thousand dollars to a flow and Andy's donut and cre- okay. That's well, how only, much he spends it, on like it's some only, it's bracelets. Only five yeah, <laughs> he's left that it's much money in, a, in, a, in the band of a hat inside a cab once. I think. Yeah, it's it's kind of a fascinating story if you like. All the celebrity I'm, stuff. Anyway. I'm starting to get really worried about you too. Like <laughs> M- Mike and Stephen, our, our network owners, are listening to this, and they're like, "Oh no, where have we gone? What have we done?" <laughs> we're, just, we're just we're just saying that we, there there is a precedent at this show. I don't know how long you were listening to the show flow, but it seems like every time Yasmin made a request in, uh, of, of Google, she got that request. If whether it was a, a burrito or Long or a health plan with employment with health plan. So I think that if we there, I don't know if there's like a magic mojo halo. So if we start talking about getting a ten to twenty million dollar bribe from Google, it might even happen. Or that, let's just say that you got to be in it to win it. If we don't at Manifest least put that magic destiny. out there. <laughs> What, what was that? What, what was that? What was that book that 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 phony baloney metaphysics book that Oprah was like the, the secret? So so long as we wish it hard enough. We can put that energy out there, and that energy is going to come back in the form of a big honking bribe, and both of us in our separate homes setting up plastic waiting pools filled with $100 bills, rubbing it all over our, we don't want to get the contaminate the money, so we are in full-body bathing suits, but still. I, lo- I love this entire scenario that we've just set out <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I, I have a solution, though. Russell, Russell, we'll, 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 we'll wet your beak, too. You know? Just yeah. leave me out we'll, of this, we're, guys. We'll we're, I'll we're, be the one writing we, we the articles. Might, we, might country, we might need a country to run to after there's an uprising or it turns out that any of this is illegal. So you'll, you'll be taken care of. Actually, your money will go way further here. You take 10 mil, it'll turn into like 20. Where does he cross the border? It's amazing. The Australian dollar. I, I did notice, though. <laughs> Andy, page five of our show doc, right at the bottom, it says wrap, and then there's a bullet point item. I'd love to hear about this. There's this story that you've got down here. Well, it's an item. It's actually an acronym uh, called Iterative Terrestrial Educational Machine. Uh, now, this is going to be a brand new set of APIs that, uh, if I recall of every Twitter feed, that you had an actual one-on-one briefing uh, at Google I.O. about. So maybe you're the best person as a developer to talk about this. I heard it's four times better than AR Kit with 12 times more uh, machine learning in it. Actually, so actually Google. Before, before we before we end, there, you you guys pushed out a new copy of uh, a new version of Pocket Casts, and I always read the the about box before I install to find out what new features I can be expecting. And there was one of the most delightful <laughs> pieces of text saying that now when we alphabetically sort, we don't include the <laughs> word the. Okay, you wouldn't believe how much feedback we got over that one. You we can't get we can't get you excited about voting, but we can get you excited about the word the as an alphabetized placeholder. Oh, and I, I, I would you. like. I, I, I sensed some, some that this is, was a man who had known some pain, and I, I wanted to ask you about that. Was all it right. really? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to get up on my pedestal here. I should say first of all that I'm, I'm really in a privileged position. I, I love the job that I have. I love the amount of people that are paid for our app. I love all our customers. They're all amazing. But the thing is, 
every now and again, like a lot of them will email us about the same thing and they'll assume that they're the only people emailing us about the, the, this thing and they'll assume that it's super trivial to implement. They're like, why haven't you done this, you Waldos? And it's so, you, so many emails every single day. They're like, if you could just remove the from the sorting. Um, <laughs> and each individual one is well-meaning. I don't want to like say anything bad about our customers. I'm sure every single one thinks like, oh, this is a cool thing that if you just add this, it'll take you two seconds, everyone will be happy. Um, and we put this off for so long. We're like, okay, this will we're going to have to create like another column. We're going to have to like do like lowercase, uppercase, like all this stuff that you have to do as a developer. We're going to have to build that all in. We're also going to have to roll that out to all our apps because all our apps do like similar sorting and whatever. Like it's doable, but it's not like a five-second task like everyone was implying. And then one day we just had, you know, we had a few hours spare. We're like, we should just do this. We get so many emails about this. We should finally do this. And I'm just so happy when you finally get to release something like that's maybe why I was a little bit snark in that comment box because <laughs> just so many years, so many emails, Andy, just wore me down and eventually I'm like, here you go, have it. You know, I feel like that if you've seen the movie Gladiator where he's like, are you not entertained? And then he throws his stuff like into the crowd. I'm like, here you go, take it. <laughs> it wasn't mean-spirited. It was it was kind of adorable because I thought that I, I could really see that, oh, God, this again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We spent $80 million on an artificial intelligence that will seek out specific episodes that you specifically are going to enjoy. That did not get as much feedback as the fact that <laughs> that the Judge John Hodgman podcast is being sorted under T instead of J. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me tell you. And I'm waiting for the Germans to write in because I'm wondering if we should have also done DE. I think that's that's the in German. <laughs> like wondering how many languages we need to span this across before it's finally like good enough. But I haven't heard from anyone yet, so that's good. Oh, my gosh. Oh my god! You think Bixby's having trouble with the English language? <laughs> Just wait until you have to like, ugh, get all that syntax from all those other languages. Stupid Ooh. other languages. It's way it's way too long for me to introduce a super long tangent. I will simply say that I was I was very very pleased with that because I am in the midst of a very long project of finally like getting my entire music library all in one place and sorted and organized and there are no duplicates and right and the name one of the names of my specific pain is seeing what and most of my music when i buy whole albums it's on cd so that i have like a uncompressed master so i can keep as the years go by changing into better formats and so every time i place that thing that disc in the slot and i wait for the cd db to come up back back with results that i know were like somebody at some point in the last 20 years typed this in on their own it's like i'm about to look into the face of madness and it's like and when i, when I look back and one of the problems of of doing this on cd is then you look back at your database you at your uh, music library you've been doing over the past like 10 years and saying okay how come i thought i had more than two beatles albums you realize that okay there's one band called the beatles there's one band called beatles there's another band called beatles comma the <laughs> and there's a fourth one that i don't <laughs> even understand there's one called john lennon and the beatles because whoever was the first one to do whatever decided to say he was a john lennon fan and you feel like I, I am looking down to the deep, dark maw of madness. And the longer I look into this, the longer, the more the risk that I will tip over and it will suck me in and I will join this seething ball of insanity that is people who think that that's how you, that's like when, like when there's a, a, a like a, a CD of all music, there's going to be one singer that sings like standards by like eight different composers. And on one track, she is joined by Elvis Costello. Okay, guess what? The artist on this album is not various. The fact that Elvis Costello is on one track is not various artists. It's still, 
It's still an Adele CD. Okay. Can I send that healing power of logic over the <sighs> internet to hopefully touch the mind of one disturbed individual to stop them from? Okay. But yeah. So what I'm saying is that I was very, very, I, I, I didn't, I know enough about development to know that if there's a simple thing that, seems like an obvious thing for a program to do that it does not do. The answer is not because this, the developers are idiots or they don't care. It's probably because there is a reason you do not understand why this is a lot more complicated than you think it is. So that's why I was pleased. Oh, thank goodness. I never know what to do. <laughs> thank you. Also, thank you to the Unicode Consortium who's made developers' life so much easier with their 26 <laughs> billion different like characters and emojis. Just and wait till they put emoji as band names. It's already done. We already have podcasts that feature emoji. Like we had to, I kid you not, just to get emoji support, we spent two weeks upgrading databases, upgrading servers, you know, implementing UTF-8, like every single level of our application. Had, um, and two weeks later, like this is a lot of work and we finally rolled it out. People were like, oh, emojis, that's nice. I'm like, ah! <laughs> do people know how hard this stuff is? Look at the book. I do and we do and we do for you kids and this is the thanks we get. I will say one last thing. If you want to be um, nice to developers, please never ask them, just add a checkbox for that. Because if we just added a checkbox for like all 6,000 suggestions we got, it, the app would literally be 6,000 checkboxes. And every single time we go to do a release, we'd have to test in 6,000 different scenarios, like checkbox one off, checkbox one on, checkbox one and two on, checkbox one. There's a lot of things to test people. Which is why always tip your developer or buy the app. <laughs> there you go. That's always my It's also why I'm opening a donut shop in the US. I can get those sweet, sweet tips. And just don't do it in California because you can't afford it here. It's not even. Yeah, where would I live? I could live. <laughs> could I live in the donut shop? Is that legal? Can you live in a commercial residence? You could probably get away with it in San Francisco. Just illegal. Interesting. We're going to need more than $20,000. Like that gets like one week of rent, right? Uh, there was a record shop where I knew some people illicitly living behind it for like 300 bucks a month, and it was not up to code. Um, I'll tell you one thing, Russell. Just don't use like the industrial sink in the back for uh, for like a sponge bath because that yeah. will get you fired from Dunkin' Donuts, or at least as of 1987, that will really get you fired. As of 1987, quick. huh? Okay. I feel like they might become liberals know. since then, but yeah. <laughs> All I, all I'm all I'm saying is that that's the that's the detour in my teenage work life that made me think that perhaps I perhaps I, I'm not a I'm not a person of the of of the flour and the sugar and the eggs perhaps I am a person of the typing and the clicky and the pointy maybe maybe we should end it right there <laughs> <laughs> Russell please tell me and everybody else where we can find more of that Russell Ivanovich magic. Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash Rusty Shelf because apparently I've given my uh, entire social presence to one company which could go out of business at any moment. Thanks, Twitter. <laughs> Please <Jeez>. don't scare me. <laughs> it's true. Any moment now they could sell it. I still don't think they're making any money, by the way. Well, as long as they're making money for rich people, they're, they'll, they'll stay in business. <laughs> Flo, what you got out there and where can people see it? What have I got out there? Well, for now, just go to FlorenceLion.com if you'd like to see or get a glimpse at what might be going on. Um, but, you know, you could still see me at Android Central a couple times a week on Twitter. I know that flow, you know, on the Internet. 
Whereas I have I have woven a maze of intrigue and danger for anybody who wishes to access the things that I have written and posted. You have to spell my last name. Don't spell it backwards. You will go back in time and never be seen again. I am Anatko on Twitter, Anatko on Instagram. My website is at anatko.com. And the silly stuff I write about technology for pay is on the Chicago Sun-Times website at suntimes.com. That's going to be it for this week. Thank you all so much for listening to this show. Uh, hope to see you again next week. Until then, have a great week. And remember... All else is immaterial.